This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. Today, I have the privilege to interview Adrian Bracey. Adrian, how are you? Brett, it is an honor. I am doing fabulous. This weather is gorgeous. Isn't it amazing? It's just amazing. You look outside, there's not a cloud in the sky. What is it, 70-something degrees, I think? Yeah, 75 degrees, and so it's... Can you I could keep this great? all year, couldn't you? I definitely could. Reminds me of San in. Diego. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to San Diego, but I hear great things. It'd be boring oh. to be a weather person there. Oh, it's beautiful. This is, yeah, this is yes. it. Yes. Well, you are the former CEO of the YWCA of Metro St. Louis. You were executive for the St. Louis Rams, the Miami Dolphins, CFO for the Arizona Cardinals, 6-0 yes. and on the year. Yes. I just saw that this morning. The That's only a big deal. team, I think. Yes. Yeah. Countless boards. You and I are on the board for the St. Louis Sports Commission together, yes. which is a phenomenal organization. And now, if you can see it on the screen, it's a little shiny because of the lights here, but the uh, author of uh, Halftime, Learn to Pivot as a Leader and Identify Your Next Step, which is a bestseller on Amazon three days in. Yes, yes. That is awesome. Well, congratulations, Adrian. It's uh, it's you. awesome to have you. So if you could maybe give us a little backstory and what's made you the woman you are today, because there's a lot of stuff here. There's a lot of accolades, <laughs> an unbelievable career, and you don't just wake up and do that. So maybe yeah. give us a little lay of the land on what's made you the woman you are today. Well, thank you for this opportunity. First of all, Absolutely. I am truly honored to be here. What has made me who I am today, really, it's my faith. God. And it's my family building that foundation for me. Otherwise, I can say that I would not be here or be who I am today. So I'll have to start with that. That Awesome. I love that. And born and raised in Florida. Is that right? Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida. Yes, yes. And it's an area in Miami called Liberty City. Okay. And so it's a pretty it was a pretty bad place growing up, yeah. you know, with the drugs and the prostitution yeah. and all. But through it all, I made it. You made it. You made it. And what would you say that was that foundation to faith even back then? Absolutely. Or absolutely? Okay. Yes, at 10 years old. Yes. At 10 years old. And yes. that's when when it all happened. That's when my faith started. I love it. Yes. I love it. Yes. Well, you, you did have a career in football, and then you've had a career now in the business world. And, yes. and so what would you say? Would you say there's a lot of similarities between the two? I, I, one of the questions I wrote down, what did you learn from the football field that you took to the boardroom? Right? Uh-huh. Maybe from the law locker room to the boardroom? Wow, I took a few things, but it's totally separate. So totally different, Mm -hmm. totally different. But the one thing I can say that has helped me along the way is something that I learned in the NFL, but also through my husband, who's a big sports fan. (laughs) And he says to me, don't build the clock. Just tell me the time. Hmm. So That has helped me throughout my career because I've worked, like you said, in the NFL with a male-dominated environment. And so a lot of talk is not really needed. You just 
get to the point. Just tell me the time. Just tell me the time. Yeah. So that. Especially in the locker room talk, as Ex- they say, right? Ad- Which is not necessarily the best place to be. Not always. No. no, no. But you learn a lot. Yeah. And ab- <laughs> I mean, and I think that's really amazing because like you said, a male dominated business. What, what do you think made it different for you to become that female in the NFL and, and to climb the ranks and to be the CFO of the Arizona Cardinals? I mean, that that's a big role. It's a big deal. So yes. what do you think it was about you that maybe got you to that point? I think a couple of characteristics in my book, I talk about the characteristics of a leader and some of the things that have that that really helped me to be able to stay in the NFL for 18 years really is having that confidence. Sometimes women don't always have the confidence that we need. And so having that confidence and being prepared. So when you are asked a question, you have the answer. Yeah. And so so that has always helped me. The other thing that was really important that my grandmother taught me when I was like, I don't know, 20 years old, I said, Grandma, how on earth did you stay with one family for 40 years? She was start out as a housekeeper and then went to more of a nanny and then just kind of over the household of a family. And she said, trust. <laughs> she said, when you she can, built trust, she built trust. And I thought, wow. So they would leave for months and give her the key to their mansion on Miami beach. And I would always just, I was so just, I don't know, amazed by that. And she said it was trust. So she said, if you build trust with your employer, you'll go far. Mm. I remember that when I was in, I don't know, my junior year in college. And I thought, Hmm. And I think that really what led me to becoming a CPA. It was that whole integrity and trust. Got to have that with your CPA, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so did you know you wanted to be in sports? I mean, what what made you go to the NFL? And it, was it, or was it just, hey, this is a job. I need one. I'm a, an accountant, CPA. No, I never, that was not my goal. It was not on my bucket yeah. list. Yeah. But I always loved sports. So I ran track in high school. And then when I went to college, I worked in the athletic department for four years. So I always loved, I just love sports. And so when I graduated, nope, was not on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you did that for 18 years and then you uh, were brought back to St. So you were in St. Louis, left, went to Arizona, came back and uh, decided to work with the YWCA. So talk to us about that because it kind of became more of a passion and a purpose for you, didn't it? Absolutely. I I, I call it my calling. That was God put me in that position for such a time as this. And so that's um, so that's how it started. Really, I was in Phoenix, and one of the board members, who was a friend of mine, came to Phoenix and said, how are you doing? She was on vacation, and I said, I'm miserable. I miss St. Louis. I'm just not really liking Phoenix. And so she said, well, we'll get you back to St. Louis. So I believed her. And in the middle of that, I decided to take a course by Stephen Covey called writing your personal mission statement. So included in my personal mission statement was inspiring and enhancing the lives of women and girls. So I believe that my next career would be around helping women. No clue that it was going to be with the YWCA, whose mission is eliminating racism and empowering women. So a couple of months, well, no, it was about eight months, almost a year later, she called me and said that the CEO was retiring. Send me your resume. And so I did. And 12 years later, 
The rest is history. The rest is history. The rest is, and, and so I think that's really cool that you talked about your, your, I wrote down here actually mission. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today, because in my research, it was very clear that you, you're, mm-hmm. you're really clear. You have a lot of clarity around your mission, your purpose, the things that you want to do with, with women and, 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 and girls. And I think it's cool. You got to do that. Right. And you did it at a very high level. And a lot of people don't get to do that. But I, but my point to this, I'll get to it here is you invested in yourself. You talked about a course. And so I always talk about staying a student of the game and you didn't have to go do that, right? but you chose to do that. And so what is it about you? Or you could even tell others, people driving down the road, listen to this right now. How important is that to invest in yourself and always be paying attention? Oh my gosh. It is critical for your success in my opinion. And I have always been a believer in in learning. I just love to learn. I think you can probably call me, I don't know what they call a lifetime learner. The only thing I don't want to do is go back and get a doctor, you know, (laughs) doctoral. That's right. But I, I just love learning more. And I remember a boss of mine years ago said, if you're the smartest person in the room, the room is too small. So I said, well, then that means that I have to continually learn so that I can be smart. And mm-hmm. so from a child, I, I just believed in that, Brett, and I still believe in that. Even yeah. to this day, I read, I, I learn, and I just think it's critical to success. And yeah. that has helped me. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, I talk about reading on here all the time. And my, my thing is 10 pages a day. I can just get in 10 pages a day. I'll read when you see all the books in here, right? These are I all see. books I've read over the last few years. And it's like, if I can read 10 pages a day, I can read around 20 to 25 books a year, which I know there's people that read a lot more than that. But for me, as a person that didn't grow up reading, it's it's a big deal. Wow. And you learn so much and can have conversations, whether you're at a cocktail party, whatever it may be. I think it's, it's critically important for your success. But I, I think, too, it's surrounding yourself with other great people. I mean, before we started recording, you were talking about a group that started as maybe five or 10 women, and now there's 200 women. Yes. And it's faith-based, but I guarantee, I shouldn't guarantee, we should never, especially in my industry, right? We never <laughs> right. guarantee. No. No, but I would, I would, I would wager that you're learning more than just even the faith, right? Through friendships and business and connections, whatever it may be. Truly. And that's a good point because uh, when I look back over my career and you said, what, what, what made you, why are you the person you are today? I could recall in my, in the ninth grade walking into, I think it was a classroom or what have you. And I saw six beautiful young ladies. And I said to myself, they're going to be successful. Mm. I went over and introduced myself and I joined their group. And that was the ninth grade. And to this day, we are friends. We call ourselves sisters forever. They encouraged me because I came from Liberty City, but these girls came from moderate to, you know, higher income families. And we all went to college, successful in our own right. One of them did get her doctor's degree. Well, actually we have two, but doctor's degrees mm-hmm. in our group, but they encouraged me because I surrounded myself with that group. And now with my, my rooted sisters, the same thing. And I have several groups of women actually that I surround yeah. myself. It's huge. I mean, I, I think, you know, for me too, it's the same thing with whether it's groups of, of guys I'm friends with, or if it's the people that through business, I mean, I do what's called an executive forum. So every month we have people come in, it's the same seven, uh, seven guys this happens to be a group of guys seven guys, two and a half years, three years later now, 
that we just share ideas and, you know, maybe I'm struggling with this at work or I'm struggling with that, or this is going well. And it's just a sounding board of people that you can trust. And I think it's important, right? No matter at what level you get to, I mean, you're, you were a CEO of a very large organization, CFO of a big football team, but yet yeah. you still have that core of people that I, I, I couldn't express enough on here, how important that is for people, especially those getting Gosh. started. Brett, I mean, honestly, people would always say, how did you get into the foot? I mean, to the NFL, to football? Yeah. How did you get into it? And it was because of what you just said. I actually joined an organization, a professional organization called the National Association of Black Accountants. Uh-huh. And one of the members knew someone at the Miami Dolphins. Well, she called him for, yeah. you know, a reference. She was looking for a controller and he referred me. And so people say it's who you know, but also it's who knows you because right. I didn't know him that well. But he knew me of my work within the the group. So just that networking, surrounding yourself with people. And in my case, I was volunteering. But to me, that volunteer position was really important. And he saw that. Yeah, I think it's tr- true to find your, your crew as well. Whatever, you know, sisters forever, whatever you want to call it. And I was joking with somebody the other day. They were wanting us to go do something. I said, look, I'm not, and I don't mean this in a negative or arrogant way. I'm just like, I'm not looking for more friends, right? right. Like I'm not, I'm not in the business of finding more friends now. I mean, I've, I've got my crew, I've got my family and it's like, that's now doesn't mean I'm opposed to meeting great oh, new people. Right. But right. I think it's just having those people in your life that you can trust that are not, going to knock you down. And, and that's what I just love about our core group is that they're always trying to bring you back up. And, yes. and uh, it's just, it's phenomenal to be surrounded by people like that. So I wrote down here, your philosophy on listening versus talking. And, and, and it, you, you mentioned something about ninth grade. I, I remember Mr. Harshberger in eighth grade, my history teacher. And he said, Brett, I was probably talking too much. It's probably why he said that a little <laughs> class clown maybe. And, but he said, Brett, you got two ears and you got one mouth Use them proportionally. Mm. And I'm like, I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks, right? So listen twice as much as we talk. And so when you hear that, or you hear the philosophy of listening versus talking, what comes to mind for you? Exactly what he said. I mean, I think it's, it's so important to listen. And a lot of leaders or just people in general, we're already thinking about our answer. And so we really miss out on a lot of important information so that when it's time to really answer the question, really don't know because we weren't listening because we were already thinking about something else. So to me, and I love to listen. And I think it came from my husband's don't build the clock, just tell the time. <laughs> right. So I don't tend to, I mean, even my, my response to emails, if you see an email that's, yeah. or a text message, I typically, because I'm reading and I'm really into that person to the, but I don't always share as much because I want to listen and learn so that I can help you. Because yep. if I don't listen, then I can't help you. That's right. Yeah. I always tell my kids too, and, and people here at work, ADT, ask, don't tell. Mm. I can give you the answer, but what if I ask you a question and then you come up with the answer, right? It's the gospel. That's, I mean, if you come yes. up with it, it's the gospel. If I tell you to do it, well, that's just, oh, that's my dad that. saying this or whatever. Yes. And, and I think that's <laughs> important to ask questions, don't tell. How do you... When, when you think back over your career, and, and I, we don't need the details, obviously, I'm not asking to get into that, but the toughest times that you had, like what were some tough times? Because on the circuit of success, we'd like to talk about success, right? Mm-hmm. But I think part of success is is getting knocked down and getting right back up. So can you recall a time where maybe you got knocked down and how you got back up to get back on your feet and keep going? Yes. My, my first, I think I'm going to say was my first real knockdown. I was 
a controller for an aviation company in Miami. And then I was promoted to the, to the CFO position. No, I was the assistant controller. I'm sorry. And then I was promoted to the controller. Okay. And the new management came into the company and being a black female was just not happy with that. So the new family was not, or the new owner, I should say. Yeah, the new owner, the, yes, the new management. And so, um, and I knew it, you know, I knew it. They wanted me to stay because I was really an asset. And I know that because I built the computers, you know, (laughs) the whole financial system and all. So they created another position and brought in a guy. So we want to keep you, but we now want you to report to this new Mm. guy, chief of staff versus the president, which I was reporting directly to the president. And so that was my first knockdown. I remember Brett crying in the parking lot one morning because I was just so humiliated and I was so disappointed and hurt. I had been there five years. I built this, this major computer system, soft uh, system itself. And so, so that was it. And I decided I'm not going to let this define me because I know who I am and I know whose I am. And so from that experience, I just learned a lot. I learned that's where I had to build that confidence in myself. Like, okay, I can't allow this to tear me down. So that was my first. Can I interrupt real quick? How long did you stay in that position after that happened? Less than a year. Okay. Yeah. So I knew pretty clearly this wasn't going to work. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it could have if I wanted it to, because they wanted me. Right. But it's like, no, I, no, I'm not going to do this. Buzz off. Buzz off. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. More, I'm worth more than that. Yeah, absolutely. So I moved on from that. And uh, within a year, I end up in the NFL less than a year from that experience. And I believe it's because of my response to it. And and that's why I always say sometimes it's, it's not the situation, but it's how we respond Mm. to the situation that will really determine our outcome and our success or failure. And so in this case, um, that, that, oof, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was. Yeah, and, and that's. And I think it's to your point. Your response. Other things could have happened, and it wouldn't have worked out. But but also, I think you know, for me, it's happened this way. Is some of my, my worst year in in the financial world. Just for me, going out finding clients. I was this twenty three, twenty four year old, you know, young, probably punk kid. Right. <laughs> right. I was successful my first year, not successful my second year. Yeah. But when I look back on that, I think so many times in the moment. It's not fun going through bad times, no, right? It's not. But when you actually remove yourself from it, I think it's we can learn a ton. And I think that's the opportunity that you probably learned a ton. I learned right? a ton. I learned a ton. Yes. And so then it's like, here we are. We have to learn from those moments. So anybody going through a bad time right now, one, yes. I'd ask you advice you'd have for them. But then number two, let's just express the importance of, hey, bad things happen to good people. But you got to get back up. And the faster you can do that, the better off you'll be long term. Absolutely. And in my chapter nine in my book, I call it resilience. Yeah. Yes. Just so having that resilience, because you're right. You know, bad things are going to happen. Some worse than others. Mm -hmm. But as my grandmother said, you know, Adrian, if you haven't had a bad moment, just keep living. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. (laughs) So, yes. So that that was that was my first. Yeah. So how do you, how do you overcome that? Right. When you do have the bad moment and Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh, this is not good. I kind of want to go have a pity party for a little bit. Yes. How long does uh, Adrian's pity parties last? I give literally give myself two days. Okay. No more than two days to stay in the Valley. Yep. Pity pat, pat, whatever party, whatever you want to call it. Um, but what I have really worked on and I work on it every day is self-awareness. 
I think for me, self-awareness, it helps me to, to know when those situations are about to happen or happening. And then how am I going to respond? How do I choose to respond? Because it's a choice. Absolutely. I have a choice. And so having strong self-awareness, I think now people are calling it emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever you want to call it. EQ, yes. That has always been for me important, even when, before I even knew it. I mean, like I really didn't even know, I didn't even know the word EQ or whatever, you know, I just knew that I have to be able to, to control my emotions, my response and decide on the choices. So it's been a journey, but you know, my, my foundation is my faith. So I start there. So when you said I work on that daily, what does that look like for you? Can you walk us through that? Sure. Yes. So for me, what that means working on self, self awareness and daily is situations happen all day, even today, something happened. And I thought, okay, how am I going to respond to that? So I, I really breathe. I've been practicing meditation. So I meditate and I literally breathe. I love it. Just take a moment, just take a deep breath. And then I'm able to, to get a little bit more clarity and I feel more calm. Even my, my Fitbit BPM goes down. <laughs> so it can it's go like, from a hundred. Yeah, my heart rate yeah, feel better. Right. right. That that deep breathing, that that moment of of silence, really. So that's kind of what I do. And I meditate and then I think about my choices. Okay. Yeah. Do do I scream at my husband right now? <laughs> or do I even though you want to I want to, but I think about things. I so I think about it. So the, yeah. the bottom line is I actually intentionally think and practice about. Yeah, I love that. So I, I'm a big meditator. I, I probably spend oh. anywhere from 15 to 40 minutes a day doing meditation. I, you know, I do it in the morning and then yes. before I go to bed. And have you ever heard of, uh, what's it called? AeroFit. A, and I'm, I'm not getting paid to say this. It's uh, <laughs> A-I-R-O-F-I-T, AeroFit. No. It's a breathing thing that I, I, I put in my mouth and it's, mm-hmm. it's you can dial it in how hard it is to inhale or how hard it is to exhale. And there's a whole program you go to. It's like, I don't know, 300 bucks or something like that. I'll show you when we're done recording. It's phenomenal. I'd love to see that. Yeah, it's, it's, I just, I've been doing it for about a month and a half. And even my strength of my breathing muscles, mm-hmm. it shows I'm a stats guy and, and you probably are yeah. as well, right? So, yes. I mean, you can create a spreadsheet on this and the strength of my breath is like probably a 50% increase. So my air intake, my, my breaths are longer. I'm not as short of breath. I've always been short of breath my whole life. Yes. And that's what started it. I started looking at this thing, you know, these ads pop up. I started yeah. researching it and researching it, but I'll show you later anyway, but it, it's phenomenal. And, oh, but I think it's crucial for leaders that are listening to this, that, that time to sit down with yourself and just breathe yes. can keep you in the moment. You know, whether it's yelling at your husband or me yelling at four kids or whatever it may be, right? it it is, it's a big, big deal. And I think to your point, lowers stress, lowers blood pressure, lowers our heart rate and allows us to be better leaders, I believe. I believe that. And it's good not only for us, but for those around us. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you define success today? You've had a lot of success in your career. People have different meanings to success. What would, how would you say you define that? For me today, my success really is, and I think for a lot of people, COVID has helped us to maybe redefine success for so many yeah. reasons. So for me today, success is being healthy, not just physically, but mentally, financially, emotionally. So, so being healthy, 
in every component of my life. Being loved by my husband, family is critical. But the number one successful thing is my relationship with God. So that makes me successful. How do you work on that? Your relationship with God? What do you, how, how do you do that? What's that look like for you? So for me, I've been doing it for years. I don't know, 15 years. Every morning I wake up, my devotional is about an hour at least. Okay. And so for me, that is being still reading my scriptures. I have now I have four. I have one devotional and then someone gave me a great one and then someone gave me another great one <laughs> and then another great one. So I have four devotionals that I just love and they speak to me. One of them is called Jesus Speaking and it just speaks to me. But that's so that's me. That's me. It, it grounds me. It, it shapes my day and I literally feel good. I just feel good. And then to exercise on top of that, whoo, yeah. man, that's, that's a heck of a morning. That's a heck of a morning. Yeah. If you can, if for me, if I can have my cup of coffee with my devotionals and then to be able to do at least 30 minutes on a treadmill or elliptical, yep. whatever it is, walk in the neighborhood. How many, how many days a week do you think that's happening? Well, the devotionals every day, unless last week I had a, a, a morning trip, so I really couldn't do it in the yeah. morning. But then at night, so I try to do it at night. Yeah. I try so to do it. So it's daily. The point daily. is, it's daily, right? It's daily. Because it's it's, it's your it's habit, like it's breathing, your life. right? Yeah. Brushing your teeth. Yeah. You know, it's yes. It's, what would you look back? I mean, you you are very humble, so you wouldn't say this to yourself, but I'll say it because you've had a very very successful career. And when you look back on that, what what do you think you're most proud of, and what do you want your legacy to be? Mm. When I look back over my Career? Can I even go back further? You can go as far as you want. Okay. Yeah. For me, my biggest joy, success, what have you, is one day I went to my niece's school, and the principal or counselor said, "Well, she's just about to get kicked out. She's missed forty-five days. One more day, and she's out. Now she's a senior in high school." Wow. So I said, please, if you could just give her another opportunity, I, I promise you she will not miss. So I left there, went to my sister's house, and my niece was there in the bed, sleep, and I said, pack your bags. Right now, you're moving in with me. And my sister said, okay. So she did that, and she graduated on time. Mm. And so for me, clapping. Thank you. Gives me chills. Yes. I, I get I almost get teary when I think about that because I just think about the the trajectory of her life that could have happened because of the neighborhood we lived in. So so for me or they lived in. So that is it. That's my success. Yeah. yeah. It is amazing. You think about what you just said, the the trajectory of life and you think about, you know, it, it could go that way, it could go that way, it could go this way, but it is little choices. Like I talk about attitudes, the circuits of success oh. or your attitude, your beliefs, your actions that ultimately get results. Right? Those are the four pillars for the circuits of success. And I start with attitude because I believe it is a choice. It's 100%. And that alarm, if I have to get up by alarm every morning, it's my choice. I can be, quite frankly, pissed off or I can be in a good mood. It's up to me, right? Absolutely. Things happen, but it's my choice. And so I think about that for people, that that one little choice daily, right? It's not a big deal today. No, no. But it's the 45 days later when you miss school, now it's a big deal, right? But Absolutely. we go back to the first one, wasn't a big deal. Ooh. Think Ooh. about those choices. So when you hear that, what comes to mind? Oh my gosh, what comes to mind is just, 
I, my whole life, all the choices that I made throughout my whole life, but it still goes back to my faith. That was like yeah. the biggest choice yeah. of my life. So I made that choice and I just truly believe that my life turned out because of that one yep. choice. Yep. But and practice daily, 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 daily. daily oh right? yes, it was not yeah. a one and done. And then the choice for me to go up to those girls, those six girls and yeah. say hi, because I could have gone to another group that would have taken me down another path. Yeah. So I just think about those choices. And then I was adopted at age, age 10. And just for me to say yes to be adopted, that was a choice at age 10. It's like- So you got to choose that. I got to choose, it was a choice. It's like, do you want or not? I do, okay, now I'm who I am. Yeah, and it was a family member, is that correct? It was a family member, yeah. yeah. So you did for your niece, in a sense, not to that level, yes. right? Yeah. But what somebody did for you. I never, you know what, Brett, that is amazing. I never put the two together, but I did. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I get chills again. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's going to be part of my speaking. Now. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, I think that, you know, you got to give back to people, right? And and you've got this part in your heart that says, I'm going to give back. Absolutely. I mean, there's a million things you could have gone and done after the Arizona Cardinals, right? And to come back and do what you did and turn it around to what you've done. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I know we're, uh, we're getting close on time here, but fear was my favorite question. Fears that you've put in your mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we, all the things that happen in our minds with that little thing called fear, how many of them have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? Wow. That's a very good question. So if I look back, unfortunately, fortunately, I know I, I, fortunately, some of the fears, I don't think not one of them turned yeah. out to be the magnitude that I thought. Yeah. It was. I'm laughing because that's what we, everybody's kind of <laughs> like, they start to think about it and they're like, wait, like wait, none of them. None of them. But in our mind, right, we go to these bad spots. Holy cow. Yeah. And we lament for yes. days. And then when it happens, it's like, oh, wait a minute. That's it. You know, fear, what is it? False expectations appearing real. Yep. And, you know, and I even put that in the book, but the, I mean, there's some fear that is real. It's not false. Sure. But it's still going back to the choice and how we respond to that fear. Yeah, and I think the faith in ourselves. The faith. Right? The faith, faith in ourselves. And that I talk confidence. about that from belief to action. Yes. There has to be faith. It's there a fence post. And, and so yeah. uh, I think that's critically important. So what would you what advice would you give your 10, 15, 20, pick the number, a year year old person? What would you give that person? What, what advice would you give Adrian Bracey? You know, the advice, the advice that I would give Adrian Bracey at 21, 22, just graduating from college would be have that confidence in yourself. That's the one thing, Brett, I really struggled with for a long time was self-confidence because of my humble beginning. Yeah. I sometimes felt that I'm not enough. You know, I'm black. I'm a female. I grew up in Liberty City. I can go on, but... I had to overcome that. How did you do that? I mean, I, I love that part. And if you're open to talking about that, sure. I mean, I think that the, the other side of the tracks, right, as people right. would say, but yet there's some people that it can go and mm-hmm. get you to the place you've gotten to. And there's some, it goes to a really, really bad spot. Yes. And, and so again, faith, I'm sure was part right. of that. But what made it different for you? What made it different for me, I have to say, was my adopted mom, Dorothy. She really instilled in me that that I was smart 
You know, I mean, I really didn't think that I was smart until hmm. she adopted me and said, you are smart. And from that point on, I never looked back. I never made a C. It was her pouring into me, surrounding yourself, you said earlier, with yeah. people that really can put more deposits than withdrawals. So she deposited some really powerful things within me. And faith, of course, was it. But just, I just believed her. I, you know, uh, that love. It was, she just loved me. And that love made me want to, to make her proud. So it was like, okay, I want to do this for me, but I really want to do it for her too, right. because she trusts, she believes in me. I fan. can't let her down. Yeah. Yes. And, and just not wanting to let other people down. I want, I want it to be a role model. And yep. so I, I struggle, not struggle, but I, I work hard to, to make sure that I practice what I preach when I can. Now, I don't always, yep. but I try. So talk to us about this book up here. If you're watching, you can see it in the background. Halftime, Learn to Pivot as a Leader. And identify your next step. Yes. You know, see the smile on your face right now when you're looking at that. I mean, that's, a, I mean, I'm sure there was blood, sweat, and tears that went into that thing. Yes. Right? I tell you what, I had a wonderful coach. Her name is Edie Varley. And I remember saying, you know, I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't, I think I'm just going to wait. She would, oh my on God. What, oh, right? Right. Wait exactly. On what? No, 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 you're not going to Adrian. You've got something to say and people need to hear it. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, I can't let them down. So let me try, let me do this again. But it came from really my halftime life experiences. And I wanted to share that with others. Yeah. So to give back again, it's really to give back. I've had so many people, you know, question how, number one, you came from Liberty City. And, and, so, and I do share a little bit about my journey, but I thought it was important for young people, especially but women yeah, and men, men yeah. will read this. I sure. hope men, well, I know men are reading it already. So I have a few. <laughs> That's great. So, and how long did that process take from the beginning to end now that the book is out? How long have you been working on this besides your whole career? Oh gosh. Yeah. So I started probably in September of last year yep. and it should have been completed according to my coach, Edie, in four months. That was her goal. She gave me four months, mm. but then I decided to take a coaching course in January and it demanded so much of me because I wanted to be an executive leadership coach like yeah. her, yep. you know? And so I took this course so that I can become certified and uh, that took away from writing, but she stayed on me. I Again, said, okay. accountability. Oh my gosh. People, coach. Yeah. Yes. I have a chapter called accountability in the book because it's important. So it took about a year, I'll say. Okay. Yeah. So last question for you. I love this is bucket list. You mentioned a bucket list earlier. Mm -hmm. So do you have a bucket list? And if so, what's, what's maybe the one or two or as many as you want to share the one or two things you say, I really want to go do that. Mm. Let's see my bucket list. I've done a little bit at a time, which I love. I'm so grateful to God that I've been able to do a little bit at a time, but I really want to go. I really want to go to Israel. That's on my bucket list. Yeah. I would love to go and get baptized in, in oh, wow. Jordan. Yeah. So that's on my bucket list. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. I know I know a lady that goes every year and she does the same walk uh, the the Jesus did, you know, and camps wow. outside. I mean, it's she says it's like an out-of-body experience. That's and what I want, so, Brett. So we just created a new bucket list. Yes, you yes, can get yes. baptized on the walk. Right? On the water. 
It's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. so where do our listeners find more? We got at Bracy for Women, B-R-A-C-Y for Women. That is your Twitter handle. Yeah. And then where do we get halftime? Well, right now you can get halftime on Amazon.com, the ebook only. Okay. The hard copy is going to come out in about a week because we were waiting to see if I made the bestseller so we can put the ribbon. Which you did. Which we did, yes. So the the new book with the ribbon, which is not that, in, I mean, it is important, yep. but will be out in a week or so yep. on Amazon. But uh, I also have adrianbracy.com, okay. which I will be selling my books on adrianbracy.com. Perfect. We'll put all that in the show notes. So there'll yes. be a link be- below. Just click on that. Go buy the book. Do yourself a favor and just trust me on that because she's got an amazing career and amazing advice to talk about in halftime learn to pivot as a leader and identify your next step because i don't even think if even if you're not at halftime i mean you got to learn to pivot always right and if, if we could learn one always. thing from this pandemic yes. you got to pivot and some people did and some people didn't and the results are different for those that's folks. right and halftime and for my book it's not the second half like in halftime you have the first half yeah. it's really throughout life like the halftime is really just making an adjustment yeah. at where every 20 years old, you're you still, you're going to have a halftime within right. your life. So that's right. Well, Adrian, thanks so much for being with me. Uh, it's been a privilege to get to interview you, uh, interview you. I've watched your career from afar. So it's been awesome having you. Well, Brett, thank you. I am honored again, just truly blessed to be here talking with you and thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. Good luck with the book. Thank you. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.